We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Tell me who can guard in this league. I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. It is Tuesday, November 19th. And James, we need to extend our library of Jason Williams highlights. Yesterday was Jason Williams' birthday. Seems like he has four or five birthdays a year uh, based on the amount of videos that are tweeted out celebrating Jason Williams, which I have no complaints about. I want to be very clear. The more Jason Williams highlight videos, the better. Uh, but even when it's not his birthday, it seems like every social media basketball highlight factory type of site builds their entire yearly content plan around when can we tweet out Jason Williams highlights. The issue is not that there's an oversaturation of Jason Williams content. It's that it's the same content over and over. I feel like I'm seeing the same two minute highlight video that replays the elbow pass four times in slow motion, which is a great pass. It's on the Mount Rushmore passes. Um, but I, he played more than 12 games. It seems like we're pulling highlights from a very specific period in time. And I guess I would like to call YouTubers, um, you know, Slam Magazine, whoever else, SB Nation, whoever else is tweeting these videos out, look more deeply and let's get some new Jason Williams highlights in the cycle. Yeah, someone just needs to do a real thorough scrub of uh, all the, the games that he played in and, and get, I can us, do it. get us a good you know, seven, eight minutes worth of, of, uh, highlights. And I also, I do, I want to take this opportunity to quickly complain about, uh, highlight mixtapes in general. Um, you don't need to show the same highlight, like three different times in a like highlight video. Like, I think this is more of an issue of like NBA.com does this mm-hmm. where they will show a dunk then show the dunk again and then show it like even slower another time it's like you're watching it you have the ability on your device to quickly rewind and, and see it again if you want i, I believe just, the the phantom cam is what you maybe <laughs> i would just like uh, all my highlight videos to never repeat a play unless it's oh. just a terrible angle the first time and i right. want to show a, a different one but you know I have the power to replay it as many times as I want. Uh, just 
keep it rolling, keep it moving. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Um, I think this is something that probably a lot of people have had on their mind and have just been waiting for someone to to bring forth to the league. So you know, obviously, we know most most of the also, power players listen to this. I also don't need thirty seconds of uh, the players entering the arena before we actually get to the actual uh, game highlights. <laughs> Shouts to Free Dawkins. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you weren't a huge fan of the Rockets setting up their own red carpet basically for that exact purpose. I don't know if you saw I, that. I it mean, only lasted I, a few games. By all means, I'd go go, <laughs> go for that. I just, when I click on, I want to see Anthony Simon's highlights yeah. from the night before. I don't need 30 seconds of like just nonsense before the game. Yeah. It, it always seems to start with like the horn sounds and then like it's <laughs> a player pan- saying hi and like, the yeah, talk like a blimp like, shot yeah, of the like arena. Like, no, I want, I wanted to start <laughs> with that player that I want to watch handling the ball. Um, well, again, thank you for saying that. Um, I, I know this is something that's been bothering you for a while. I saw you watching some highlights this morning. I'm sure you were just battling through it, skipping ahead, skipping I, back. I somehow made it, but it, it was tough. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, big news right away. Carmelo Anthony, uh, Portland Trailblazer Carmelo Anthony is set to make his debut in mere hours. Um, Pelicans, uh, or Portland, I should say, is playing at New Orleans, the Pelicans tonight. No Damian Lillard for Portland. Uh, Terry Stotts came out and said he expects Melo to play around 20 minutes. I have no idea what to expect. I'm going in with extremely low expectations, as I think most people are. Um, I mean, this game went from, especially with no Lillard, being super boring to at least now I, I will be tuning in just to see what happens. Melo's wearing double zero. Um, that's extremely concerning, as I tweeted out earlier. There's not a long history of veterans, especially guys who used to be good, switching to double zero or, for that matter, switching to like 84, Chris Webber. Uh, really, any number above 50 is usually a huge red flag. Baron Davis, 85 for the Knicks and the Cavs is, is one certainly that rings true there. But you switch to double zero. That's kind of a signal to everybody. Like, I don't care what happens anymore. I realize where I'm at in my career. I, I tweeted a photo out earlier. Mike Bibby wearing double zero for the Wizards. One, didn't even remember that he played for the Wizards. And then once it kind of came to mind, it was like, of course he wore double zero. Like, once you reach that point in your career, it's kind of like the symbolic like white flag I, on well, being... See, so I think generally you're right, uh, especially the examples you brought up. Uh, you know, in this case... <laughs> I don't. I certainly don't think Melo's been waving the white flag over the past year plus. I, I think this is sort of a uh, chip on his shoulder type of number choosing. Uh, I I agree with the examples you cited and those being players that have basically just given up and were uh, ready to kind of mail it in for the the length of their remaining contract. But I think in Melo's case, this is sort of a nobody believes in me. I'm double zero now, and like I'm gonna I'm gonna show you guys why I should have been signed a long time ago. <laughs> So, because for him to wave the white flag now, it's like he's been doing the exact opposite of that <laughs> for for weeks and weeks and weeks. Well, does this imply then that he would have taken number zero if it wasn't taken by Lillard? <laughs> um, if it's all about I, you know, I, the whole zero, I don't know. I, I mean, I think. Me. Uh, Do you think he asked Lillard? <laughs> Do you I think he asked? <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think I think double double zero. Uh, <laughs> tried to slide him like a hundred bucks the the tough thing too is i think that number might make him look uh bigger you know i think like yes. the bigger the numbers the bigger you kind of look and i think he would probably be wanting to go for the opposite effect mm-hmm. but uh, that's a really good maybe point. it'll help him blend in like it'll sort of make him mm, i don't know that's a good that's a great point about double zero especially uh like even if the jersey is skin tight for some reason it like it just looks baggy no yeah. matter what yeah. uh enos Cantor wore double zero as you'll remember for portland always looked baggy um oj mayo suffered from that when he was double zero for the bucks jersey was always baggy Melo's always kind of been a baggy jersey guy in general i don't i don't think this is going to help even kyle kuzma wears single zero for the lakers and his his jersey is extremely baggy as well that's something i've noticed this season so that's that's a keen observation by you um would you say is carmelo anthony still on the roster at the all-star break i think so uh i don't think uh, first of all I'm, I'm sort of upset at myself and upset at you for uh neither of us seeing this signing coming because you know it was just kind of a uh, a total farce the depth they had behind Zach Collins at power forward and that's sort of what led to this event I mean if you had just a normal backup at power forward behind Zach Collins I don't think we'd be here but they didn't have a single backup at power forward you could argue they went into the year with zero power forwards and they were just playing uh, one of their centers at power forward and then he got hurt so they just had zero power forwards on the roster uh, and I think that that 
situation isn't changing before the all-star break. I mean, it's not like there are other power forwards that are walking around trying to get deals, you know, that Josh are, Smith. <laughs> um, well, I agree with you, but like what, where does Anthony Tolliver fit in this? Like, why is he not that guy? Like they, he started five games right after Collins got hurt and then was basically in and out of the rotation, picked up a couple of DMPs. Like, I mean, not that well, he's he going to be a guy was, who gives you 35 minutes, but like, why did they sign him if he's not at least part well, of the solution? I mean, he was playing really poorly. He wasn't. Yeah. Make, he, well, I, mean, I mean, he was on the team just to make threes, and he wasn't doing that. True. I think. Well, what is Melo on the team? If, for? Well, uh, I think Melo will be given the chance to do what they wanted Anthony Tolliver to do. Yeah. And if Melo's just so bad that he's, I mean, I think he would have to almost be worse than Tolliver was to kind of get mm-hmm. bounced just because of the. I mean, it's a tough conversation to have, and uh, I don't know. I, I think it would have to just go really, really, really poorly for him to get cut loose before mm-hmm. the All-Star break. Uh, if they had a normal roster, I think it – I mean, he wouldn't be here in the first place, but I think this desperate situation that they've sort of found themselves in mm-hmm. uh, isn't really going away anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, desperate's probably the right way to put it. I, I don't think Portland – sat down a month ago and said you know all right we'll keep mellow on the radar you know i think this is kind of a break glass in case of emergency and they're not when you're playing when you're playing like rodney hood at power forward right do you you need to should they have just given jake layman away for nothing probably not probably not um but i mean they're right in the middle of the pack offensively they're already terrible on defense i mean they're they're basically on par with like the hawks and the nets defensively those are the two teams ahead and behind them in in defensive rating rankings so i i think if they were if they were struggling on offense but were a top 10 defense and could at least cling to that, they probably don't do this. But I think they already look at this roster and say, we're not a good defensive team. We're starting two bad defensive guards. We're starting a weirdly terrible off- defensive center. Um, we might as well just like triple down and, and add to the bad defense with Melo. I, I don't think it's ultimately going to make a difference. I think this team, you kind of called this earlier. I, th- I think you know I was a little higher on them coming in. I mean, they're 12th in the western conference and granted this early you know those standings can change drastically over the course of a week but i mean they're starting five and nine and this is a team that was in the western conference finals a year ago and i think you know whether you believe it or not you know they probably believed they were going to at least make a run to get back there and now it's looking like you know if they even make the playoffs at this point that would probably be a win um i don't know what to expect i, I feel like expectations will probably be to the general public like way too high for mellow um and then for some people it may be too low i mean is, is there a chance that he ends up being what you know what houston or okc thought he was i mean i i think he can still score i think it's just a matter of what your expectations are on the defensive end uh i you know i think it would be awesome if he had a you know month long run where he was shooting fairly efficiently and scoring like 16 a night or something like that um and I wouldn't say that that's impossible, uh, but I mean that—that's what I'll be rooting for because yeah. the alternative is that it's just really kind of sad, and yeah. you don't really want it to be this thing where there's just constant cameras panning to sad right. mellow on the bench, that type of thing. I am glad that he's—I mean, not that the Blazers are a contender by any means, but I'm glad he's going to like a pseudo contender or at least a team that could very well make the playoffs that's in contention it's like less it would, it's less pathetic than if he was on the, yeah. the hornets or something like, the, like the blazers really need him like it would be like the other team i was thinking of was like the warriors you know the way they've been hit with like mellow to this warriors team would be such a sad story they're two and 12 there are nights where they could offer him like the number two option on offense like I, i'm at least glad he's going to a team where if he does play well like you said then it's actually going to matter mm-hmm. um you know i think that makes it slightly less sad but uh, we'll see i mean i'm interested to see how it plays out Let's talk about the value in daily fantasy for a minute. The big prizes are attractive, but you have to finish in the top 2% out of thousands of experts to win any real money. So even on your best day, you still feel like you're losing. Now you can play something better, and that is Stat Hero. Stat Hero is a house-based game that combines the best of daily fantasy and survivor pools. Each Stat Hero contest lasts multiple days, but requires only one entry fee, so your money lasts longer. Yes, you can play multiple days with only one entry fee. Stat Hero gives you smaller contests and more chances to win, and no more competing with sharks or experts ever because your only competition is Stat Hero itself. You play Stat Hero, you beat Stat Hero, you get paid by Stat Hero. Survive the game and download Stat Hero today and see how the face of Daily Fantasy has changed. Finally, a game designed for the rest of us Stat Hero, now open for NFL and NBA. 
and available on both iOS and Android. For more information, visit stathero.com. The Houston Rockets, who I believe we both had at number 10 in our power rankings on last week's pod that came out on Wednesday, uh, they have not lost in, in a long time. They're now 11-3. and three. James Harden is basically doing exactly what he was doing last year, but to an even greater degree. It hasn't mattered whether it was Chris Paul or, or now mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook alongside him. Um, you know They've won eight in a row. They're putting up huge point totals. Just put up 132 on those Blazers last night. Um, where are you at on, on Houston? I know it's it's been less than a week You know since we last talked about them. At, uh, have you bought in on them anymore? Uh, this is sort of we're kind of back to where I sort of was on them before the season. Um, maybe got a little too low on them uh, after the mm-hmm. first two weeks, but uh, just a, a team that I think is going to contend for the one seed and be a fairly easy out in the second or sec- second round of the playoffs. Probably, mm-hmm. I think they get bounced. I mean, it's just they're not a team that's built for a a deep run in the postseason but they are a team that is equipped to Mm. uh, rattle off some wins in the regular season i know you don't have a full list in front of you um i kind of springing on springing this question on you but like where where does harden climbed in your like you know fairly modern era like since 2000 you know if you had to rank you know the best players like is he this run that he's had you know over the last four seasons or three you know three and a quarter seasons i guess including this one which is about 245 games he's averaged 32 points seven rebounds nine assists almost two steals 36 percent from three 44 percent uh overall um i mean I, I think one of the guys in that time frame that i mentioned like since 2000 um when you start to compare them in terms of individual play is going to be Kobe. Um, I, I think I would side with Harden right now over Kobe in terms of individual impact, but like, where is he has what he he's done individually, despite the playoff successes, like these ridiculous kind of never before seen in this era, offensive numbers. Um, has that changed, you know, where well, he kind you, of ranks? Are you, you just asking just offensively or just total package? Like, Either way, I mean, you have to consider both, I guess. Um, but I guess I mean, it, to me, when you're averaging 37 points a game, am I including like Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan and guys like that? I mean, yeah, I'm not asking for like, okay, he's seventh. Like, I'm just saying, like, where does he kind of fall? You know, like who are, who are his peers? Like, who's the next think, guy he's going to pass? I think for you? offensively, the only guys I would have him behind are LeBron, Curry, and KD. And then I think he's. I don't even think he's far behind uh, KD, uh, especially, right. um, but. You know, I definitely think he's ahead of Kobe, ahead of Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even think it's crazy to say he's close to LeBron. I mean, I know LeBron has been significantly more efficient, but I mean, he has the higher averages in just about any category than LeBron's ever had right. in a single season, with, except for rebounds. I just think that we we really can't. I, it's it sucks, but we really can't get caught up in the points per game aspect of this because. Even if you go back to like 2012, it's a totally different game now in terms of pace and mm-hmm. three pointers. You go back to like 2007, 2008, it's just night and day in terms of. Uh, I mean, Harden's taking more threes per game than most teams were uh, ten years ago. Yeah, and, not that long ago. And so it, it's just really dangerous to just say, "Well, more more points per game than LeBron ever did." So, yeah. Um, so I don't really want to go there, and I don't even think. There's a scenario where LeBron would be comfortable playing this type of basketball. It, it's right. just a very ISO-heavy style that just would not um, mm-hmm. fit LeBron's game at all. And I think what LeBron does in terms of uh, making teammates better, uh, peak LeBron defensively, obviously just c- completely different uh, situation what, than what we've gotten with Harden. And then the ability to take that style of play and have success with it in the postseason i think is is a big factor here too i Mm. mean uh we just haven't seen harden really do that for more than like a game here a game there in the postseason so i think you know to me what guys like steph and lebron uh, have done in the playoffs just has to outweigh uh anything that harden's done but I think I think Harden versus KD is is really close. You know, I think that yeah. that's that's kind of the more interesting one to me. I, I wouldn't really buy arguments at, at the other two guys, but if you wanted to say Harden's maybe mm-hmm. better than Kevin Durant, I, you know, I I don't think that that's an insane thing to say. No, I don't either. I, I think the you know the correct answer, quote unquote, is probably still 
KD. Um, but I, I mean, kind of the reason I asked this in the first place, like the numbers are getting so ridiculous now that even if you're adjusting for era, um, it's hard to, to look at Harden and, and ignore 36 points per game and then going up to 39 points per game right now. And, you know, he's kind of, he, he never really speaks on this type of stuff. Like we don't really know what his personal motivations are but like I, I feel like he wants to average 40 a game and like if that if that comes to fruition not that there's this huge difference between 39.2 and you know 40.0 but i think that is when you know you that really might change the conversation because i think for now his his lack of success in the postseason overshadows everything and he could average 45 a game but if they burn out in round two i think that's going to outweigh it and so far it has um but the the harden versus kd thing I think it will become a little bit more salient, especially as, you know, KD now just misses a year of his prime. You know, I think in, in some ways unfairly, that's kind of a mark against him. But there's there's nothing that you can really point to uh, with KD in terms of like postseason success where like because it's just, you know, if Harden was on those Warriors. Teams, right. It's well, like, you know where I stand yeah. on that. But so, I think I mean, some people would say, well, he he was the best player on the on the best team. There's zero. All well there's zero proof that uh, Kevin Durant led team where he's the clear yep. best player uh, could get further than any of these Harden teams where he's the clear right. best player. So I think that that's one uh, area where you could. You know, I think it's almost easier to sort of build an, a one-man offense around Harden than it might be sure. uh, Durant because of his ball handling. Um, yep. But I think durability-wise, too, Harden probably has the edge there. I mean, Durant gets a – he doesn't hasn't always tried on defense, but his top gear on that yep. end is, is much better than anything Harden has. But Yeah, I mean, for half of two seasons ago, Durant was probably like the midseason defensive player of the year before he ended up tailing off. I mean, one of the – I think the ultimate what-if is – you know, if if KD ends up staying in OKC instead of going to Golden State, if Golden State kind of operates as is with their 2016 team, you know, just the big three and, and whoever else, and then Houston kind of continues on its path, um, you know, whether they whether it's Chris Paul or someone else comes in alongside Harden, those three teams probably end up being fairly equal in a lot of ways. I mean, I think the Warriors still at their best are, are probably the best of those three, and and they certainly were at the time. But you know, I think we were probably robbed of a lot of. KD versus Harden I think versus Curry. We were robbed of some title. KD versus Harden. I, I still think the Warriors, with as long as Steph and Clay and Draymond were healthy, I don't think that either of those teams were touching them. But um, that's why it's part of why he left. Right. Well, I agree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just so there was no chance at all that anybody touched them. No, I agree. I, I just think you know it would have at least been significantly closer than it mm-hmm. was when you take the best player off one team and add him to the already best team. Fantasy basketball fans, the NBA regular season is in full swing, and FanDuel is offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy basketball, no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel has something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, and these contests start at just 25 cents per entry. All you have to do is pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. You can play against your friends for bragging rights, or you can play against the public for millions of dollars in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new FanDuel users, sign up to Today at fanduel.com slash rw that's fanduel.com slash rw you'll get a free six-month rotowire subscription with that first deposit on fanduel that'll get you access to our dfs lineup optimizers premium articles draft software everything you need to win your leagues this season just visit fanduel.com slash rw void where prohibited the spurs are five and nine they have lost six straight i'm getting very nervous about my over prediction for them um this does maybe finally seem like the year where you know it's it's kind of been 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 but not break these last couple of seasons and they've, they've kind of gone on a few runs and been able to salvage what have ended up being really nice regular seasons and you know their postseason um you know ceiling isn't nearly as high as it was five or six years ago with with Kawhi or even towards the end of the Duncan era uh, but this really does kind of feel like a power shift i mean they're 27th in defense they'd already slipped quite a bit on that end last year um you know like i said seven game losing streak they've lost nine out of their last 10 this just really doesn't happen to the san antonio spurs um and you do have to wonder at some point if if they're heading toward you know maybe a, a mini kind of reset on the fly with with guys like DeRozan and aldridge yeah i think that the nice thing is they they can still kind of ride this out for a, a couple more months before they have to do anything drastic. Uh, the, there was a point last year where it, people were basically just 
sort of claiming that the Spurs were dead, and then they went on a two-month, two-and-a-half-month run where they somehow were mm-hmm. one of the best defenses and one of the best offenses in the league. And that was like – that followed – I don't think it was quite this bad, but, I mean, it followed a stretch where they were just very, very mediocre. So I, I, I don't want to say it's over, but it it's possible that we could be talking about them as one of the top sellers, if, like you said, if they don't straighten things out. I think they've kind of already made it clear to DeRozan that uh, he's not a part of the long-term future, which is pretty logical. Just if you look at their depth chart long-term, they have mm-hmm. all their best prospects are basically coming up at the same position as him. So, um, you know, I think he would be very easy to acquire. I don't think there are many contending teams that are interested in acquiring DeMar DeRozan. Maybe there's a you know detroit pistons type of team that that, would, yeah. that thinks he could be the <laughs> the hammer on that eight seed yep. you know <laughs> it's tough to make trades for him i mean he's it's not a mellow situation by any means but he has a, a player option for next year at 28 million which you're not just you're not bringing him on just as an expiring ad you know i think that's kind of the biggest thing is i don't you almost assume that would do you think he accepts that at oh, this point he's 31 oh yeah, next year I mean, I mean with some be, of the money that like i could see him opting out and you know, you take four for eighty well, or whatever I, it is. They would love it if he opted out. I mean, any team, <laughs> any team that acquired him would want yeah. him to opt out. Well, the I, question then becomes, who's paying him that next contract? When you start to get into that territory of every single team would want him opting out, then it's like, why wouldn't he just opt in? And um, you know, it's possible that you know, twenty eight million. I mean, if he got like a two year deal. Would it even be twenty? Would it be more than twenty-eight million? I don't really think so. So you'd have to get into like a three-year deal for forty or something like that. I I just don't see him doing much better than that uh, because of you know he's just not a deep into the playoffs type of player. Uh, Aldrich, I think, is maybe a bit more interesting because he at least is a like you know exactly what he is. You know sort of how he fits in. he does. I think his weaknesses are less glaring than DeRozan's weaknesses, so that one I think is a bit more interesting. Um, but I mean, there might be an Eastern Conference team that would look at DeRozan and like even like a team like the Magic or something like that, uh, where they're just like, "Well, we really thought we were going to be way more in the the playoff mix than we are so far," and he's a clear upgrade over Terrence Ross or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the other thing with Aldridge too, not expiring, doesn't have the player option, but it's just a flat. 24 mil next season so you know i think maybe you you bring him on on kind of a a year and a half plan where he's he's a help down the stretch this season and then maybe you turn around and try to flip him as an expiring the next season i I can't imagine there's a team out there that sees 34 year old lamarcus aldridge and says like this is our guy for the next year and a half i mean there are very few teams where that would make sense um and i think DeRozan, like the pistons type teams i I feel like that's kind of how he's going to play out you know, these next five or six years, you know, as his kind of post prime winds down, like what smart team is going to go pay DeMar DeRozan, you know, a three to four year contract. I, I just don't see that happening. No, I, and I don't, he's not going to, he's not going to sign one year deals every year. Is I he? would I mean, say I, I feel bad for him, but I mean, he's gotten paid plenty uh, <laughs> relative to other players of his caliber. So I, I think it's going to be sort of a harsh uh awakening for him when he when he does hit the open market but um well if you're a shooting guard that doesn't shoot threes i mean and at some point that's part of your responsibility i it, think as well. well i mean we're talking this through and if you want to imagine the spurs brass talking this through really sort of what we're kind of getting at is there's really not going to be much of a return if they move these right. guys so why not just sort of try to right the ship mm-hmm. and uh, figure out a way to, to Spurs magic your way out of this. You know, to me, the biggest disappointment on this team individually has been uh, Derek White. You know, I, I thought he might be in for a breakout season this year. Uh, you know, the minutes have, have not been all that consistent with him, and the production's just been pretty bad. You know, I, I mean, I mean, it's been about the same as last year, but I think that's a disappointment relative to expectations. Yeah, I think. I just I expected him to sort of take a step and and be kind of a fourteen points a game, you know, five rebounds, five assists type of guy, uh, run that second unit, play really good defense, and uh, I think the defense has 
largely been there, uh, but the you know the, the scoring has just not been there at all. And I thought that the stint with Team USA would help him. Um, you know, tough to kind of adjust to being a backup uh, after the way he finished last season. Um, but yeah, to me, he's been the biggest disappointment on this team from an individual standpoint. And Jakob Pertl is basically just a oh, complete boy. non-factor. Like, oh, he's boy. he is bad. I mean, we knew when they made that. Uh, and I, God, I heard again on another podcast uh, again someone saying that like the Raptors made a big swing on that Kawhi trade. <laughs> it's like no, that was <laughs> they gave up a guy. We're just talking about who might they, not even be able to find a contract. They didn't want. DeMar DeRozan period anymore and they got to the only prospect they got to had to give up was a guy who barely can see minutes for the Spurs right now so no that was not a big swing by the Raptors at all it was kind of a weak and horrible swing by the Spurs in terms of that's what you're cashing out Kawhi Leonard for but I mean the Raptors there was zero and they got Danny Green just just getting Danny Green for Jakob Pertl and DeMar DeRozan was a win I think dollar for dollar, you'd rather have Danny Green than yes, DeMar DeRozan right course. now. Every, what do you, what do every team would love right. to have Danny Green. No, not many teams at all would want. Uh, they got DeMar the two DeRozan. most valuable assets in the deal by far. Right. What? Uh, how many threes do you think DeMar DeRozan has taken this year? Well, I remember it was ridiculous. Played fourteen low games last year. Uh, I'll say three. He's zero for four. Okay. So way low. Um, yeah, I mean that's getting it's getting worse. I mean, I I think we've seen we've seen this go the other way where a lot of guys can't shoot for the early part of their career, and then as you know the game forces them to adapt, they become three point shooters. He's just going the complete opposite direction. I mean, he took like two hundred fifty threes two seasons ago, and then got to San Antonio and just completely abandoned it. Um, yeah, I mean it feels weird to be talking about the Spurs in this context, but yeah, it's been it's been kind of disappointment all over the roster. I mean, even Aldridge rebounding is down uh Bryn Forbes I guess has been the lone bright spot but even I mean DeJounte Murray's been fine for for what he's given you but I mean they're holding him to 22 23 minutes he's shooting under 20 percent from three he's not taking many threes that's you know going to kind of continue to be an issue um yeah I don't know they're they were a team that I was considerably higher on a month ago and it's it's kind of gone in the other direction I know that this is not the reason they're off to this bad start but that whole marcus morris uh davis bertans thing was just such a uh brutal way to end what was otherwise a, a pretty solid off season for them where they it sort of seemed like they had everything lined up and if you just put marcus morris or davis bertans on this team and take uh trey lyles off of it you know and that's, and that's you saying this about trey lyles <laughs> they they're probably at least one win better I mean that that's just it just such a through such a monkey wrench in their yeah. their rotation in the front court. I agree with you. I think there's not many teams that you could necessarily say that about. Give them the benefit of the doubt of one, you know, kind of mid-range guy like that making that big of a difference, but we've seen that happen for the Spurs where, you know, sometimes just a, a kind of minor 25 minutes a night rotation piece is what makes the ultimate difference and the guy they replaced him with, Damari Carroll, has played like 35 total minutes and he's just not even in the rotation and I mean, he was someone I, I wouldn't say I was high on, but like he kind of rehabbed his value in Brooklyn, had a couple of nice years. And the fact that he can't even contribute for this team, I think, says a lot. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you on Derek White. I think the, the year that Fred Van Vliet is having is uh, kind of almost the type of breakout that I thought White could have. I, I have enough Fred Van Vliet shares where I'm not just dying over this, but I definitely took Derek White over Fred Van Vliet in some drafts. So um, hey, that's tough. That's it tough. what it is. Um, who do you have more faith in right now to to turn things around, or maybe in one of these guys' cases, just like generally get better? Uh, Laurie Markinen or Aaron Gordon? <laughs> you can take this fantasy or non fantasy. Just uh, like going forward, which of these guys do you believe in more? So, I think it's Markinen, but I have sort of different concerns with both of them. Uh, with Gordon. I just think that the I think they both could really use a change of scenery or like a different voice, uh, and that's weird to say I guess about marketing considering how young he is and the fact he's only been in the league for a couple of years. Uh, with Gordon, it's just you know who I think the player Gordon thinks he is or, or thinks he can become is different from the player he should be trying to become. Uh, where he should be trying to be sort of a 
like Sean Marion, uh, Draymond Green type of supporting player versus the hub of an offense. And I think that maybe it would take a, a change of scenery for him to kind of uh, come to that conclusion where with Markinen, it's just about really the shot going in. Uh, I I just – it hasn't gone in as much as – I thought it would from from three for him. Um, you know, this year specifically, tw- uh, under twenty seven percent was up around thirty six percent each of the last two years. I expect him to get back to sort of his career norms, but even then, to me, the idea of Laurie Markkinen uh, was that you know he would kind of be in the thirty six to forty two percent from three range for most of his career, like you know, kind of an elite stretch big. And if he's only an okay stretch big, then you know he's a fine player, but he's hardly a, a high end asset. And mm-hmm. so that that's kind of the thing with him. And I, I expect the shooting to kind of come around for him with Gordon. I think he will be traded before that contract is up, uh, and I think he might be traded before uh, this year's trade deadline. He's an interesting guy for hypotheticals because i think almost any team could like you'd be excited to get aaron gordon even though you look at the numbers and he's he's been terrible shooting the ball and it's just basically been the exact same player for the last three and a half years he's made really he hasn't gotten worse but he hasn't really gotten better um and he is one of those guys that yeah i think you see you see his good nights and think you know with the in the right system this guy could be a monster but i it's just hard to say i I, i'm with you that i don't think it's orlando i mean this team is last in the league in pace you know this is a guy who can get out and run be athletic and they're just really not giving him a a huge chance to do that well Um, i'd I'd love to like imagine him in like the pj tucker role for like rockets you know that type of thing the rockets you know would be an interesting one for him i I think you'd prefer a better shooter but you bring him in with the idea that you're giving him looks to make him well, a better shooter. And they don't have any assets that yeah. are of any use. Uh, I mean, you talk about teams that, I mean, what is Orlando looking for in return? You obviously have to match a decent amount of money, and just, you're not dumping Aaron Gordon. Um, no, you want, I mean, they want young uh, backcourt players. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Denver, even though some of those assets you could argue have depreciated a little bit. You know, Malik Beasley, I think, has taken a, a pretty decent step back. Even Monte Morris got off to a slow start. Um, but, you know, Denver is, is going to kind of have the the large you know accumulation of average to above average assets that they could throw in a trade like this um i mean you're not you're not going to get an unprotected first round pick from a bad team for aaron gordon you're not going to get a superstar caliber player for aaron gordon um but i i think you kind of hit it that they're looking for you know i mean you could even trade him for another team's kind of young struggling type of player would you do um Oh, man i don't know like something buddy healed's probably too good but yeah uh, i think he's too good that's an interesting thing in that sort well they already of, have harrison barnes oh that's true yeah they already addressed they already addressed the yeah, club, yeah they're so. set on the wing for the next four <laughs> years oh and they have a as well um I, I was thinking like buddy healed and attached like the horrible ariza contract or something yeah i, I don't know I, but like that they, they just have to they have to turn front court assets into back court assets at some point yeah. and i i think the marco Fultz uh, move was a great one for them uh but they still don't really have much coming there mm-hmm. and i think jonathan isaac is the guy that you build around uh maybe shouldn't have given busevich that contract or should have at least waited hey, reigning easter conference player of the week so <laughs> hey, you probably want to take that hey, back um what about what about the nets like could you build something around dinwiddie well, I think Dinwiddie's a great guy to go after for a lot of teams, uh, but um, I'm trying to think how that would how that fit would work once KD's healthy. I mean, yeah, you're not going to play. I mean, they do have somewhat of a hole at the four. That's the Wilson Chandler, Rodians, Curricks, Torian so Prince. You, so you go with a KD, Aaron Gordon, Jared Allen, three through five, Levert, Kyrie yeah i mean it's it's that sounds better interesting. On paper, I think. it's interesting uh i he needs to he absolutely needs to go somewhere where he is the the clear four and ideally the the five can stretch it a little bit and they're mm-hmm. you know i don't know how many teams there are they're looking for that i mean the the blazers like is he west coast guy cj cj for aaron gordon that 
I mean, the Blazers signed Melo, so anything is on the table for them <laughs> at this point. I, I I think you'd almost be selling kind of low on CJ McCollum, but it wouldn't be the worst. I mean, it wouldn't be the, the craziest swing for the fence. You know, it's kind of a your need, my need type of thing. Um, what about, I mean, what about just trading him straight up for D'Angelo Russell? Well, but just really quick, like with the Blazers, it, I'm not, I don't even know if just giving all of McCollum's shots and minutes to Anthony Simons isn't a 85% yeah. of current CJ and maybe a hundred percent of like two years from now CJ. So I, I kind of like that one. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, I think is they're they're waiting for something better than Aaron Gordon in terms of assets to cash him out for. I think that, if you if you want to believe that the Warriors are geniuses, then the plan this whole time has been to eventually trade D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, if you which I think it is. If 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 you want to uh, be more skeptical, then they actually wanted to give him all that money and keep him for the length of that contract. But um, I think when they, if you want to say they wanted to trade him, then I think the plan would have been to get something more than Aaron Gordon for him, at least in terms of draft picks. Uh, prospects to fill up the pipeline i mean yeah i think you'd almost want like a three for one trade where you're so you're not exactly your six man is a jordan pool next year you can't really play aaron gordon and draymond green right yeah yeah it'll be interesting i mean i I think especially if orlando continues to struggle um i mean they've been a little bit better since the last time we talked they're they're now back in the playoff picture they're six and seven right now um and you know they'll be around the seven or eight the entire year which maybe you know precludes them from trading him because i I don't think they're ever going to bottom out to the point where they feel like they need to give up on the season um but if it's not this year i think we're going to keep having this conversation really until that contract is up um you wrote down a few things um and one one of one of the things you wanted to talk about was aaron holiday versus anthony simons um and in terms of well i'll let you take it from here yeah well so I, i love aaron holiday and he had a career night last night i think it was like 24 and 13 and 7 or something like that uh i just think he's a extremely dynamic player who is blocked uh, when they're at full health you know he he might play only like 15 minutes a game uh, and anthony simons is currently kind of in that sort of situation where looks awesome looks like he should be playing 30 minutes a game but plays the same position as their two best players so uh he's kind of blocked as well and just out of those two guys i was wondering who you thought you know like who are you more excited to sort of see get a starting opportunity like a long-term starting opportunity on a team because i think they both have uh pretty high ceilings but i think they're also pretty different players right um i mean it still has to be simons i think just for it feels like his ceiling is higher um you know i know he's not the passer or the rebounder really the all-around guy that that aaron holiday could end up being but i think in terms of athleticism just kind of microwave scoring ability um i mean we in the few glimpses that we have seen him he's already shown that do you do you i i see a lot of jamal crawford in him i think so where it's just it's really scoring yeah, and it's, it's really. I mean, it's like, going to be his peak year. You know, if he ever, if and when he does get this opportunity, could be, you know, twenty four points, two and a half assists, two rebounds type right. type of numbers. And so I, you know, I think almost everyone would say Simons just because Holiday's been in the league for this is his third year, so it's it's not like he's this or this is second year. It's not like this is his. Um, the first we're seeing of him type of thing where you can get all excited. Uh, but I, I actually kind of like the well-rounded skill set more. Like if I'm betting on one guy or another guy, I like that he can affect the game in more ways than just scoring. Mm-hmm. And it'd be nice if he was like two inches taller and could be a guy that can shut down either guard spot defensively. But, you know, if you just put him on the other team's smallest guard and – give him an offense to run I, I think he could be at least kind of a middle of the pack starting point guard yeah. someday so that that to me is a bit more valuable than just the dynamic uh 20 plus point per game guy but you know maybe if he's just so good at, in that role he could be 
I mean, having a Jamal Crawford type of career is is certainly not not a bad thing. No, not at all. I mean, especially for a guy like that who, I mean, he was taken 24th, still in the first round, but I think it was kind of a no real expectations, at least at the time. You know, I think it was pretty clear once they got a hold of him and kind of used last year as this redshirt year that that they really thought they had something. But, I mean, to get a guy like that at 24, you're certainly not disappointed if he becomes Jamal Crawford. Um, I mean, with Holiday. I just don't know when the opportunity comes. I mean, for both of these guys, I think it's almost more realistic for Simon to get that chance sooner just because it would, it like, it seems like a CJ McCollum trade is more likely to happen right. than it would basically have to be like an Aaron holiday trade. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Well, because how, they just how, signed a new, right. they just signed a new guy who can play both guard spots and you have all the depot coming back yeah. They're They're not getting rid of either of those guys right. anytime soon. So I, it's just, it's one of those frustrating things where I just wish, I wish that they were on, Mm-hmm. You know, I wish one of them was on the Hornets and one of them was on the Warriors or something like that. Terry Rozier just didn't <laughs> exist. Well, it'll be interesting too. I mean, in some ways, this maybe is a, a blessing in disguise for for Holiday. I mean, or for the Pacers even that you have. You know, if he has a nice ten game run here where he averages twelve points, six assists, four rebounds, and you know, he's shooting like forty two percent from three on the year. Like, I mean, I don't think we came into the year saying you know, this is a great trade chip. You know, they can cash out Aaron Holiday at some point. I mean, he's. I think he's already the fact that we're even talking about this. He's already built up some value. I mean, he's never going to be the headliner in a superstar trade, but it could be, it could be that secondary piece. You know, that that gets him an opportunity somewhere and brings they, you know, whatever I mean, they the, need. Whether the Pacers it's help. have like the Pacers can be in on almost any. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Batadze. I mean, I I love Batadze and I love Holiday, and I don't know how many teams have a, a big and a guard that you know are sort of that untapped mm-hmm. uh, and blocked. Like they're both there's nowhere really for either of them to play when this team's at full strength, but they're in high demand, I would imagine across the league. So, I mean, they're in a good spot if they wanted to really make a, a win now move. I just, I think that might not be quite the year to do that. Maybe they're the Aaron Gordon team. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be well, I, that insane. I mean, you'd love to get one of those guys back in a Gordon trade, but who's the matching salary guy? Like for Indiana. Yeah. Like who's, yeah. who are they selling, sending back that has, <sighs> I mean, it, it would almost have to be one of the guys they brought in, the summer right which you're under you know restrictions as far as when you can mm-hmm. trade them um <clears throat> excuse me but yeah i mean it would be <sighs> jeremy lamb i don't know dj war i mean pretty uninspiring yeah. games but but i i would hate that fit so much because it's it's like do you want to play aaron gordon and demontis bonus out of position right. in the same starting line if you play everybody out of position then nobody's <laughs> actually out of position no that's a good point um and Sabonis has been such an interesting case because he's, despite playing out of position, is like arguably like the second he's or third awesome. best. He's like the third, second best rebounder in the league he's now behind awesome. Drummond per minute. It's insane. Um, do you want to talk a little draft? Yeah. Uh, just since we've, we've finally got, you know, I think most of these guys have played three games. Uh, and, you know, James Weissman, we don't have to get into all that about him not playing and everything, but uh, just – We've seen Weissman, we've seen Anthony Edwards of Georgia, we've seen Cole Anthony of North Carolina. I think those are kind of the the clear top three for most draft sites in terms of uh, players that are playing in the NCAA right now, and they might even be the top three guys on, on a lot of boards. So I just wanted to see of those three guys, you know, you're kind of looking ahead to the draft, who right now would be your pick at the the top spot it's tough to say i mean i i think you'd never in my opinion you never want to go into a draft especially that high picking for need um but we'll kind of see you know what teams are up there um it's gonna get really interesting if and when golden state you know is in that like top five because they i mean who knows what, what direction they would go um i i have a feeling it would be I I can't picture them taking Wiseman, but maybe I'm wrong. I think it would be. I think Edwards would make the most sense for them, and he's yeah. he's my pick overall. Like if, if I have to say, I don't care who the team is, I would I would side with Edwards. He's he's kind of been the guy that I would put in that spot for the last couple of how months. Was, how was he the fourth uh, guy? Dude, I don't recruiting know. I, wise, like I was watching him, and I was just like, holy crap! Like this and, guy, this guy's insane, and he's a year younger too. He, I mean, he reclassified to get into this. Um, yeah, he's unbelievable. I think he's even despite being younger is already looks the most like yeah, an NBA player. He he looks like he's, it looks like we're in like March, like the way yeah. he's playing, like he's just sort of in yeah. full control and he's got so many tools 
already offensively where and you, i mean and defensively he's averaging yeah. he's averaging yeah, three he's, three and a half steals a game yeah um he's gonna be a monster and it's six five like just prototypical size i mean he's not a he's not a nuclear athlete but he's a good athlete and uh by nba stand, I mean, yeah for, i mean i, I think and, he's got, he's got old depot beal type of potential almost kind of a blend of those two i mean he's not maybe not quite the pure shooter that Brad Beal was and is, and I think he's kind of got more of Oladipo's kind of slashing athleticism power to his game. Um, I mean, it's, it's we're three games into his college career, but like he's he's one of those guys that <clears throat> I would expect, you know, in two or three years we could be talking about him in like the Doncic type of air. Who? You know, he's not maybe not averaging close to a triple double, but like I think he's he can hit the ground running and be a good NBA player like right away. Who was the last elite like shooting guard prospect? I mean, what it depends what you consider R.J. Barrett, I guess. Or is he is he even in that elite elite class for you? Um, we call I mean, him Doncic point been, guard. He might. The ironic thing is, I I'm going to say no now, but I might have said yes this time a year ago. Right. <laughs> I mean, he was he was a, a hell of a prospect. I mean, we've had a lot of those kind of swingmen type, you know, Ingram Brown. Yeah, with the guys where you're just like, is he a small forward? Is he a shooting right. guard? Right. There hasn't been a lot of pure. But like uh, Edwards is just shooting guard yeah like 100 percent all the way and i think that that's just pretty fun because we only have like beal and clay thompson are yeah. really like the only true true shooting guards who are awesome at what they do yep. uh in the nba and it, i think it's just really cool that we're gonna get another one i think you really do have to go back to beal I'm, I'm looking through these drafts and you know you could make a case for oladipo but people were not sold on oladipo even Ola- though he went number two oladipo was sort of he sort of had the combo guard <laughs> Like he he kind of had the combo guard stink on him, yeah. like pretty much the entire. <clears throat> when he was someone too, even I think he was so raw at the time that like there was some talk is like is he just a three who's just like a great defender? You know, he's kind of a supercharged first coming of OG type of guy. Yeah. I mean, you could, you know, I think Wiggins is a is a three. Yeah, uh, I mean, you could go all the way back to Harden in '09. I think back then he sure. was much more of a shooting well, guard. Would, yeah, but, you know, he 100 percent was a shooting guard coming in. Yeah. Um, no, Edwards is. <clears throat> I think if you're a casual college basketball fan, it's going to take a while because Georgia is just not on TV, and yeah. we, might, we probably won't see them until those 11 a.m. CBS he, games. He's good enough, though, that if I see that Georgia's going to be on TV, like once SEC play starts, like I yep. will actually tune in because he's just really exciting, and yeah. he, he's my pick as well. Like I, I think Wiseman is, you know, he, he's got. Uh, lot of the same strengths and weaknesses as as guys like deandre ayton um where you just kind of want him to sort of focus yep. on the stuff he's really good at uh defensively there's some questions about motor and everything which always just gets me scared when it's a big man uh cole anthony you know he's been lights out from three but just not really dishing that much and i think he had like a pretty he have a bad free throw percentage um at the high school level or no i mean he's at like, like 68 right now he's yeah. taking over eight a game yeah i mean i want to see where the free throw percentage on cole anthony goes he has a little bit of a flat shot i mean it, I, and i know it goes in but it's, it's not it, it's a it's a weird shot too it's very one arm like yeah. it's very uh it's just something to watch. I mean, he, it's weird that he's shooting this well from three and this poor from the line. So, like, that, yeah. that's something. There's not a lot of players that, that and, succeed in that yeah. way. Yeah, and so I I don't, uh, he, you know, I think he might be third for me of those three. But uh, Anthony Edwards, I guess the, the main reason I wanted to bring this up is Anthony Edwards, for me, is, like, the mm-hmm. number one guy yeah. uh, pretty clearly right now. Yeah, I think he's going to separate himself. I think it could be a kind of Fultz-like thing for him where I, I think he'll end up being in the spotlight a little more than Fultz, you know, maybe by way just of like the time zone difference. Because like even when Fultz was on TV, it was, it was those games that are tipping at 930 on a Saturday night. And you're you know, definitely going to have to be closely following the draft to know who he is. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like with Fultz, like where like there aren't casual college hoops fans yeah. are, are watching washington games right? right well and the other thing too with edwards is the whole reclassifying thing is like he for people that follow recruiting i mean people knew about him but you were kind of preparing for him to come to college basketball next year mm-hmm. and then you know i think wiseman is like if you had to ask just casual nba fans like who's the prospect you know most he's about the guy, it's, yeah he's he, the guy they're pumping up he's you know they did the same thing to bagley a couple years ago barrett last year um and everyone's going to know about cole anthony just because he's going to unc and they're going to be on tv a bunch uh 
Yeah. And, and, oh, he's also the, the social media guy. Yeah, I mean, sure. I don't know how closely you follow that stuff, but yeah, like he's been, but, you know, he's close with the Chris Brickley and all that. Like he's been sure. pumped up by Bleacher Report, Slam Magazine sure. for years. So people, people just know more about him because he's been more public. Um, he's listed at 6'3", by the way, Anthony. Does not look 6'3". At all. Pretty, I think the size is going to be... He, I mean, he's, he doesn't have the type of build you want in a, you know, it's not, you know, he's tall. He's obviously taller than like Raymond Felton or Ty Lawson, but it's like kind of in that danger zone of, you know, what's he going to look like 10 years from now where yeah. he's not super skinny and then... Doesn't like, have crazy long arms. I mean, no. He's a very good athlete for his size, but it, it also doesn't... Like he'll have one or two of those plays a game where you're like, wow, he got way up for that rebound or had that tip dunk, but he's not like an athletic freak all over the court. It just kind of comes out in certain spurts. Mm-hmm. I feel like you know, you watch Russell Westbrook, whether he's on offense, defense, off the ball, like he just looks like an athlete. Like you don't get that mm-hmm. same vibe uh, from Cole Anthony. But I think it is shaping up. You know, one Wiseman, who knows where what you know what's going to happen with him the rest of the season? Whether he'll even end up having a chance to to improve his stock and i think you know some of the questions we talked about with anthony like as long as anthony edwards stays healthy he's in a really good situation to be the number one pick i think he is gonna put up monster numbers as the unquestioned number one guy for a team that could like hang around the back end of the top 25 or doesn't really have expectations um, he, like, he also has uh just way better body language than guys like dennis smith or or guys like uh you know, even like Andrew Wiggins when he was at college, like I, I feel good about Edwards in terms of being someone that's going to work hard and you, you're not going to have to necessarily worry about that aspect yeah. of things. So I think that that it all kind of adds up to a, a number one overall pick type of situation. Yeah, he I mean, it's lazy analysis, but like even from the first couple of times I started watching him in high school, it's like this guy just jumps out more than even, I mean, we're comparing him to other elite, elite prospects. Mm-hmm. And he just, he just has that kind of NBA look to him, even when he's a 17 year old running around playing AAU. Um, I haven't really gotten much of a chance to see Isaiah Stewart, Jaden McDaniels, um, watch a little bit of Nico Mannion at Arizona. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine how you feel about him representing the program. Um, but do you want to talk? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a, a more, <laughs> A uh, deep dive about yeah. how good Nico Mannion is on a he looks pretty a, good on a later episode. They might end up being um, all right this year. No, I haven't. I I've really only started sort of top mm-hmm. top five, uh, top six, seven guys. I mean, I, I looked at the uh, guy from Israel. He he sure. looks pretty good. Um, Tyrese Max. He gives me yeah. just he he's just everything I expect a coach calipari guard to be uh it, all the good and all the bad yep. like just never know what you're gonna get from him a total wild card he really. should have left school after that first game <laughs> he really should have. i forget who i was telling that dude but i was just like he i don't care what the excuse is what the reason is just shut it down there's shut no the possible way that his stock would ever be higher than it was like, on that night and you, since then they've lost to what some like the, low low yeah, end yeah. d1 school i remember what it was evansville i think and then yeah. they almost lost last night to like utah valley he, he should it, there should have been some sort of family emergency like i whatever i don't even say it. just kidnapping just be like, frank about just, it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think some teams would respect that if he just came out and said like look i understand where my stock is at i had the game in my life like, can't replicate that um I, yeah i mean we'll get more into draft as the, as the season goes on and we get more than two or three games for a lot of these guys i, I will say vernon carey at duke i I don't love as like a future NBA star by any means, but like in terms of having the body physicality, like he could be a really, really great like backup center for the next 15 years. I I think, you know, if you take him somewhere in the 15 to 30 range, I think a team is going to get a really good player there. Um, But let's talk about LaMelo and uh, who's the other RJ Hampton Hampton, uh, playing overseas. Who I can't even believe you voluntarily want to talk about Lamella Ball, but well, I'm all for it. I, bo- I basically want to say that I prefer RJ Hampton. Uh, oh, okay, that's not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> now, I said Anthony Edwards is not a nuclear athlete. RJ Hampton is a nuclear nuclear athlete. He's yes, the Chernobyl of athletes. Really, really insane, and that just jumps out. Like, it, I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, I mean, just off the charts. Uh, the way he moves is just so different uh like definitely in that like russell westbrook category of of athlete and he i see he's like listed as a as a combo guard slash like maybe even point guard and i'm having a hard time picturing him like running 
an NBA offense. Yeah. And I just I don't exactly know what it's all gonna look like. But if he just tries at all on the defensive end and can just shoot like thirty four percent from three, like I think yeah. he's just gonna be a monster because Guys with his, he's six five, but uh, he looks bigger than six five yeah. too. I was surprised. No, he, he plays he like reminds six, me of, of Jason Tatum in a lot of ways. Sure, um, I think he's more that than point guard. Yeah, way way more athletic, uh, but kind of the same body, or at least looks like the yeah. same type of body when he's out there. Um, so I I like him. I, the the thing with the Lamelo, uh, I I love him. I love the idea of him as like the six seven primary ball handler who's a really good passer and everything. Uh, but I mean the the shot is a major question. It has not gone in for him in the NBL, and I think the fact that so many scouts were wrong about Lonzo Ball's shot coming out of college, you know, I mean the number and his numbers were good. It just looked terrible, and mm-hmm. I not just, a good free throw shooter either. It's tough to get too excited about a guy who's that big of a risk to be a poor three point shooter mm-hmm. uh, if he were. You know, if he if he looked like he was going to be a average three point shooter for the position, I think he'd be a threat to go number one overall. But um, for now, I'll just go with the guy who's the way 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 better athlete and can probably shoot a little bit better. I yeah, I've never been in on Lamelo as a legitimate number one guy. I mean, that kind of it kind of came out of nowhere. It feels like two or three months ago where he went from being you know Lonzo's little brother in all these videos to you know kind of the fame that came with big baller brand and then it seemed like that all collapsed and we didn't hear from him for a couple years he's like playing at some weird like charter high school in ohio and then it feels like we didn't hear from him for like six more months and then all of a sudden now all these articles out of nowhere start coming is he the number one prospect you're like i I just i didn't even think of him as like a secure lottery prospect let alone the number one guy and it it does seem like he's for sure going to go in the lottery as of right now Mm -hmm. but i don't know what he can do to cement himself like i feel like all the guys that we just talked about domestically and even rj hampton like have more room to grow or more room to kind of assert themselves as the number one guy whereas unless he just goes lights out from three the rest of the year which is not something he's done whatsoever i i, I just don't know what the like the risk for me outweighs the reward when it comes to taking him number one well i mean now if you're what, talking number six or seven that's a little different yeah no i think that that's i think that's going to be sort of what happens is there's going to be a sweet spot in the top 10 where you kind of run out of these potential franchise guys that you feel decent about Mm -hmm. and you're looking at Lamelo versus another guy who either doesn't have a high ceiling or doesn't have a high floor and you lean Lamelo uh, for the upside but I mean I would take you know what what odds would you have to give or what odds would I have to give you to pick the field over Weissman slash Edwards going number one overall? Like I, I just, it's really tough for me yeah. to see a scenario where one of those guys doesn't go first. Yeah, I agree, and I think your your Aiden comparison for Weissman is pretty good. And we've seen such a limited like, sample that, like as a player, maybe that's not accurate, but I, in terms of how he was perceived, I think that's spot on. I think it's going to be one of those things where if it's a smart team picking one, it's going to be Edwards. If it's yep. a dumb team, it's going to be Weissman. Just like the Doncic versus yeah, yeah right. No, exactly. I think I think that's exactly the way to put it. Um, and I think I think Scout. I mean, I, like I said, I think Anthony Edwards is going to play his way up there. I'm pretty confident in that. Honestly, I, I think he's only going to help himself as the year goes on. And, and like I said, Wiseman might not have that chance. And I think playing overseas, you can really only do so much. Um, okay, now I want to look quick. Who? Where are we at in terms of? Uh, teams that are going to be that are going to have the best odds well, that's for, what i'm looking at right now so the uh, warriors are the worst team in the league right now right um the wizards are going to be up there the knicks the bulls pretty decent chance the hawks i think the Cavs will fall back memphis uh i mean portland depending on how this goes new orleans It'd be awesome so okay so my first two the three the two places i think would be the funnest is if they went to if edwards went to the warriors or the grizzlies that would not be fun if you went to the Warriors, but it not for me. But it would it would be in general. I could see how some people might think that would be fun. Grizzlies would be, I think, the most fun. Grizzlies would be so awesome. Would be awesome. Oh man, that'd be such an awesome young core. Are you concerned, by the way, about Jaron Jackson? Like maybe just not being quite that good? Yeah. Uh you know, obviously wanna get a little deeper into the season, but yeah. um has not been good. Has not been as good as we would have hoped and i mean he's still so young right um 
yeah, we'll see how it goes. But the rebounding is concerning. He's basically like I looked it up today. His rebounding rate is the same as like McCall Bridges and Ricky Rubio. I have not watched uh, a ton of Grizzlies, so uh, I don't believe that. I don't want to say anything too harsh, but yeah, I'd like him to pick it up a little bit if he could. Yeah, I mean, what I mean, the reason I say that is like my first instinct was like, oh man, you put you put Anthony Edwards with Morant and Jackson, and it's like I'm not quite sure Jared Jackson is, has like the the full ceiling that maybe we thought he did midway through last season i mean i think he's still gonna be really good um but you know like he, him and markinen in, in some ways have been similarly disappointing I, mean, I think jackson's been better than markinen but um there are guys that are like at when they have those like five or ten game runs look awesome but they also have i think lower floors maybe than we're willing to admit and this is you know only the second year or at least for for jackson now who okay so who was on when they took jackson yep uh, who went third? Did he go third? It was Aiden Bagley, Doncic, Jackson, Trey Young. Right. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, it looks like they should have taken Trey Young. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that they they didn't pass on Doncic. Um, no, nope. Just the Kings and the Suns. Just the Kings and the Suns. I mean, hey, those those teams are <laughs> those teams are great. I'm sure they'll be fine. Uh, I'm sure they won't miss having Luka Doncic at all. Went uh, jury's still out on Doncic. <laughs> yeah, was, tough. Yeah, it's true. We well, just had what 44 and. Are you concerned 14. about Doncic? <laughs> well, I, I had him on the, on our list of topics, and I don't even. I just wrote Luka Doncic. Like I don't even know what to talk about, but. It, it does it does feel like we're not talking quite enough about a guy who's played who just played his 85th career game last night is averaging 29 and a half points 10.7 rebounds 9.3 assists 1.2 steals um i mean we i guess maybe maybe guys like harden have kind of made us numb to these type of numbers but harden wasn't doing this in a second nba season no. nobody does this in their second nba season this is uh no it's it's pretty great i'm glad that this one's worked out um, for you yeah. <laughs> i'm glad it worked out for me glad it worked out for the mavs uh you know look king's sons gotta listen to the podcast that, that nick and i do once a week and you can avoid these types of <laughs> gigantic errors in the draft yeah well i mean had they listened to us a few years ago like josh jackson they, been maybe they one. stopped yeah. listening because they were listening <laughs> when we said to take josh jackson and then they were like oh these guys don't uh, all right well we'll end on that uh, i did i just read yesterday that josh jackson is doing quote all the right things in the G League, and you know, they haven't put a timeline on it, but they are expecting to have him back. So, That's promising. I mean, I think once once he gets back, maybe we can stop talking about Memphis as a potential Anthony Edwards destination. the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done